Hey guys, welcome to Whole Human Radio, where I bring you the next generation of transformation topics, guides, teachers, and concepts so that you can develop a deeper, more loving, more holistic relationship with yourself, and as a result, have better relationships within all areas of your life. We are multidimensional beings, and we need to learn how to work with, honor, and acknowledge all aspects of our whole human experience, which is why each week I'll be bringing you uncommon, sometimes unpopular conversations where I deconstruct and demystify these high-level, one-dimensional concepts, self-help topics, empowerment, spirituality, and relationship principles that can sometimes leave us feeling more at war with ourselves, more dissociated, and like we didn't get invited to the secret spiritual sorority where everyone just thinks positive thoughts and it's all of a sudden manifesting magic and happiness all the time. So thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Whole Human Radio. Megan Blanchard here, and I've got a big one for you today. I asked Sandra Logan, who is an internationally known psychic medium intuitive, to come on and help me demystify this concept of our soul and our soul's highest path, and also to talk about this cross-section between say, our destiny and free will. Ultimately, what I really wanted you to get from this conversation is that we're always being guided by something. You can call that love, your innate knowing. You can call it spirit, your soul, life, God, source. I like to believe that love is the ultimate healer, connector, liberator, and truth teller, meaning the more I can get out of my own way, out of my head, and into my heart, the more I will be guided down along my own unique soul's highest path. So we're going to be talking a little bit about how to listen into that and when to know when we're, or how to know when we're not in alignment with that loving force or that innate knowing we have. If this all feels a little heady or woo-woo or confusing for you still, do not worry. That's the work that I do with women, and I will be running a group coaching course here soon that's going to be limited to a small amount of people. So I highly suggest you go to my website, sign up for updates so you can get be the first to be notified about that. But also just know that take what resonates and leave the rest. Sandra's been doing this for years. She's immersed in spirit and soul. This is all very sort of normal for her. So I'm asking her to really come down out of her element and bring it down into a more practical, accessible form. And it's a big one. So take what resonates, leave the rest. I appreciate you being here. Hopefully you find something affirming from this. I know for me that it has been beautiful to watch the support that has literally just been coming into my life since I took on the whole reconnection and self-love journey. And Sandra was one of those beautiful souls that I met at the very beginning who just really anchored in a beautiful, loving, unconditionally loving, safe space for me. And um, I know you'll be able to feel that come through when you hear her speak. So enjoy your show. Sandra, thank you. Hi, thank you for being here with me today. 
thank you. It's so nice to see you and talk with you. I just love you, and I love visiting with you. And, you know, we're like, what do you call it, sister souls. Yeah. <laughs> it's so excited, you know, because we could talk all night. Our listeners would like that, but we could. Right. I know, which is why, well, you're my favorite person to talk about this stuff with. I kind of consider you like a spiritual guide, if you will, oh. for me in my life. Someone that um, has been very safe for me to turn to, to ask some of these really big questions too in my life, like a beautiful mother figure and friend. And so I wanted to bring you on today to share you with my audience and talk about some of this misunderstanding or confusion sometimes, or maybe just sometimes, sometimes people don't even know this, there's this cross section between our souls and what we may be signed up to do in this lifetime and then destiny or fate and, and free will and how that all kind of fits in together. And I want to make sure that you and I, um, you know, help people give them some guidance into how to really listen in and understand that they're understand their own personal path and how to feel really trusting in that path today and what their own unique souls are are here to do, if you will. Well, I think that's the key word, Megan, is trust. And it's not just trusting others, it's trusting your spirit. It's trusting the voice that we call our soul. It's the first thought that reaches our mind is the soul speaking to us. But then of course our conscious mind starts going, no, 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 that isn't possible, no. Trust is the key word. It's trusting the universe, it's trusting the energy around you, it's trusting your own inner voice. It's a big word, trust. Oh my gosh, it's huge. And that's one of the main things that I work on with women. But before we, we go down that rabbit hole, because I can tell you and I are already like on that path, <laughs> I do want to introduce people a little bit to you and your story and your background, because your story is so beautiful. But I also want people to know what you're doing in the world and why I feel like you have some firsthand experience with all this like this isn't just theorizing for you because this is what you do and this is what you work with uh, with women on or women and men I should say yeah so tell them a little bit of tell everyone a little bit about what you do okay well I'm a psychic medium and some people don't know what that means uh, the psychic part is kind of connecting with your spirits on the other side and your soul and the things that are coming to you the things that have come to you and the things that are currently in your life that's the psychic ability the medium ability is connecting with those that are our neighborhood our dna group our family on the other side now i stay there when i do a reading because i feel like they know everything that's going to happen to you they participate in your life, your loved ones, the people that have left. And I love that because it makes you know that, A, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. B, nobody ever leaves alone. You've got a family that's huge for hundreds of generations. They're all your DNA. They all have a piece of your DNA. They're your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. they're, they're your family. So that means a whole lot to me. I love that because it can be so accurate because I can be picking up things that I don't have a clue about. But you would know immediately, well, that happened. Yeah, that was exactly what happened uh, back in 2005. And But I wouldn't know that. But your family on the other side do because they are the ones that are protecting you. They help you. They want to guide you. And they want to lead you forward. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do. And I love it. 
I love it. It's like your little, I, it makes me feel better too, having my little soul tribe. And I do want to talk to you more at the end, if we have time about how to help people connect with their family, their spirit, their loved ones who have passed mm-hmm. on and are in spirit. Um, cause I do think that would be a fun little tangent to what we're talking about, but that's one of the things that I appreciated about the work that you did when I was working with you initially is that it did feel really safe to have my deceased family members come through and just kind of confirm or even say some stuff that like there was no way you would have known had gone on <laughs> in my life or certain like a particular relationship I say I had with my grandmother and she would just come through randomly anyway so it was beautiful and very affirming for the work that you're doing but back to the psychic work just really quickly because this is you and I have kind of touched on this in the past. It's not as if you're divining the future. You're not playing God. You're just picking up on the energies that are already there in someone's life and maybe helping them tune into it a little bit more, acknowledge it or correct. How do you want to? That is correct. And you know, and I know that you've heard this, uh, this uh, theory of Occam's razor. It's a scientific theory Mm -hmm. of, first thought or the first guess is correct, okay? I don't really tell you anything that your soul doesn't already know. And so it's like somebody saying, well, is my husband having an affair? Well, you know, your soul already knows that or you wouldn't be going there. So the the psychic is that. I'm just confirming what you already know. But sometimes it needs to be brought forward because your conscious mind goes, no, that's not happening, you know interrupts your soul connection between you and your soul. So I do feel like that is very important because again, I'm not creating these things for you. I'm not guessing these things. And you know me, Megan, I won't lie to you. If I get nothing, I say, I'm sorry, there's nothing coming. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lie to you. I'm not going to make it up. And I don't create it. It's only confirmation of what your spirit wants you to know and be confirmed of so you can handle it. It's a road sign. So you can handle it when it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So um, there, yes. So I think what you're saying, like with the conscious mind gets in the way, and this is really important for me to discuss here, because this is something I'm always trying to help my clients and audience understand is we have so much patterning and conditioning and family of origin and fears and wounding that kind of get piled up that keep us separated from our own highest self or our soul or our connection to divinity or whatever, however you want to call it, wherever you're comfortable at with whatever terminology is, but that highest self, that part of me that I believe is always in connection is connected to, um, my spirit or something greater than my physical experience here. So, so, you know, the, the biggest problem that we have is the human body versus the spirit is that our human body has a consciousness and that consciousness wants to be in control always. It, it wants to tell you what to do and when to do it and how to do it. It wants you to be afraid. It wants you to be happy. Your consciousness has all the junk that the human body, when you take on that costume, entails. But your spirit is separate. So you have to, A, start dismissing any fears you have. You have to be uh, not uh, cognizant of the fact that your bo- your consciousness is going to argue with you. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't want to believe that there's anything except it. It's, it's, it's e- ego-based. It wants to know that it's in charge. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so, so it's not going to let anybody else in if it can help it, you know. And so 
you have to separate that. You have to be able to get in tune with your spirit. Of course, you can do that through meditation. You can do that through uh, breathing exercises, but you have to prepare yourself for that connection, that soul connection, because the consciousness has to step aside. And most of us, a lot of us, when we put on the Halloween costume of the body, is a control factor. That that costume has control. And so we have to let go of the control. We have to be willing to be open, to be vulnerable, to hear and feel and all the emotions that can be brought by our soul instead of control, instead of fear, instead of um, anything that would get in our way. Absolutely. Exactly. I, I love that. And that let's, so let's pause right there, I think, because I want to come back to this, uh, some more of this, um, how to start to some of the different ways we can start to let go of control and, and build back that self-trust muscle with our spirit. I do want to go there, but you haven't even gotten a chance to tell your story yet of how, so this is a perfect segue or transition, if you will, okay. into how you weren't listening to your own spirit and your gifts and how life had this uncanny way of kind of pushing you along into the, <laughs> to the path where you're at now. Cause that's what I'm always trying to tell people is like, you cannot listen, but life has a funny way of like knocking at your door and then knocking at your door louder anyway. So I'd love for you to tell your story here. Oh, I'd be happy to. Thank you, Megan. Uh, well, number one, life, as you said, will kind of direct you in that direction. But there's two ways to get to your spirit and to start going in the direction you're supposed to go in, whatever that direction may be. And one of them is willingly and one of them is not willingly. Mm -hmm. Now, the willingly, I would suggest as the best journey. When you're not willing and you're controlling your life and you think you are in control, which is a joke, but you know, <laughs> we all like to think we are. And when we let that override everything, then they will drag us over the barbed wire. And I mean them by being the spirits, the people on the other side that know our journey. They will drag us over the barbed wire and you better have a big box of Band-Aids because you're going to need it. So you can go one way or the other. Uh, in my case, I decided to go the hard way. And so I, you know, I was in corporate America for 25 years. I was a secretary to the president of an oil company. I made good money and I thought I had my life together and I had it just the way I wanted it. Well, life doesn't do that. You don't get it the way you want it. You get it the way they want it, the way that you're supposed to go, the purpose that you're here. But as humans, we do like to get in those little cubby holes and go, oh boy, it's just the way I want it. I'm comfortable. Yeah. But in my case, I, I wasn't allowed to do that. And I, I actually had gotten laid off from the company that I'd worked for forever. And I looked for a job and looked for a job. I mean, I beat the sidewalks in Houston, Texas. Nobody would hire me. And I had a resume glowing. I had recommendations from the Japanese because I worked for a Japanese company during that time also. And I couldn't even get a, I couldn't get a phone call. I couldn't get anything. And I was desperate because I thought, man, this is not working. You know, everything is just, I'm losing everything. And in, during that time, I lost my mother, my brother, my father, my sister, and, uh, and my job and my husband and everything. I lost everything. I was on the bottom and I thought, boy, this is not good. 
what do I do now? I'll be a bag lady or, or working at Starbucks as a barrister or something. Anyway, but a friend, a, a woman that I had met, and I, I love to talk about destiny because, you know, Megan, we all have one. You know, it's kind of like God says, you know, you said, well, this is what I want to do. And God says, well, wait till you see my plan for you. Yeah. So it's just the way it works. And so my, that was my destiny to do what I'm doing now. And I love it. But what happened is my destiny had been created four years be before any of this ever happened. I had met a woman in New York and I'm, I had a uh, um, weekend with them because it was my birthday and I knew her daughter and they invited me to their home to make a long story short. I left there. They were the greatest couple in the world. Rick and Pat were wonderful to me. And um, I went back to Houston. I got laid off from that job. And then all of a sudden, four years later, I get a phone call from a friend and Pat's husband had passed away. And I, I knew she wouldn't even remember me because we weren't like great friends. You know, we just mm -hmm. lost touch and what, you know, how you do. And anyway, and before you know it, I get that message and I call her and her husband came to me in my sleep at the foot of my bed and started talking to me to call her, call her, call her. So I had to dig for phone numbers. I didn't have her number and I had to dig for numbers. I finally called her and I told her, you know, who I was. I said, I don't know whether you remember me or not. And she said, oh, yes, of course I do. And so I told her what her husband was telling me to tell her. And she just, you know, you can imagine, she, her husband just died. Yeah. And this nut is calling her, telling her something that the husband said, you know, like, when are you going to write the check for 10000 You know, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm sure was going through her mind <laughs> anyway. And so she, I told her exactly what he had said about something at the back door, and that was being under the bed. And she said, that's ridiculous. I'm looking for something, but you don't care. She said, it doesn't matter because they're not under the bed. She slammed the phone down on my on me, and I thought, okay, so much for that one. So anyway, about three hours later, she called me crying, and she was holding what she was looking for. And they were under the bed. They were under the wall and the headboard. So to move forward fast, what happened is she started calling me, and she kept asking me within the next two days. Uh, I saw a pocket knife that he had, and I said he wanted it in his coffin. She said he never had a pocket knife. I told him where it was, down in the basement in the third drawer of a dresser, and she found it, and the middle blade was broken like I told her it was, and he wanted it in his coffin, and it just went on forward and forward and forward. Mm -hmm. And so she said, but let me tell you where I was when you called me. We were at the funeral home talking about what he wanted in his coffin. So number, number one, trust. See, if I hadn't trusted that what I was hearing was correct, if I hadn't trusted my own inner voice, then none of this would have happened. But because of that, she came and helped me, and she came to see me one time. She takes me to a psychic fair, of which I had no intention of going. And that started my career because people were brought into my life that pushed me in a direction. Now, Dr. Wayne Dyer says, you, you know Wayne Dyer. You, you uh -huh. all, you, yeah. He says, when you go and follow your path, People will come out of the woodwork that have been waiting your whole life to help you. Do you believe that, Megan? I do. I've had to be careful in my own personal life that I don't, this is going to, I think you'll understand this, that I don't codependently rely on spirit externally, meaning I still have to listen into myself and then wait for the external support and resources to show up. But I have a, had a tendency in my early codependency to have a little bit of mystical thinking, which was totally um relying on something outside of me including spirit does that make sense oh no absolutely it's all connected yeah it's all 
Yeah. But I just want to ask you really quickly, Sandra, because this, when this friend of yours was, uh, came up, came to your house after he died and started talking to you, this wasn't your first, was this your first experience with communicating with spirit? No, my father said that when I was a little, from the time I was a little girl, that I had a favorite friend and her name was Jody. And he said he would open up the door sometimes and I'd just be carrying on these great conversations with Jody. And he said, you know, well, it kind of runs in families and it runs in mine. And he said, you know, I just closed the door because I knew that you really were talking to somebody. <laughs> That's <hysterical. laughs> so, so had you had during your, your professional work career, had you had any nudges or nigglings of there was something else for you to do in life that you were meant to do something bigger or was it just totally off your radar? It was off my radar because I was so stubborn. You know, I, like I said, I thought I was in control. Uh... Yeah, And you know, and you know, Megan, when you think you've got the control, which you do not, right. but when you think you do, you block all the great things that are supposed to come to you because <sighs> they can't let it in because That's you have so true. a big fence and you're just saying, well, no, no, I'm on this side of the fence and I know exactly what I'm going to do, but you don't. That's so true. I just was having this conversation with a business coach, mentor, friend the other day, and I was, and I felt a little silly. And I think this is a good place to kind of interject this part of our conversation. I felt a little silly because I was trying to tell her that my path right now and what I'm doing with whole human and the podcast and my coaching is really not about me. And the more that I get in my own way, trying to think about how to strategically align to make this about me and my platform, the more I get frustrated, the more I get anxious, the more I get in my own way, the more I cannot, I don't listen into what my act, my spirit and my heart is saying, but it sounds so woo woo to say to other people who haven't gotten there yet. And so I feel like what you're saying is, is I've been in a really, you're just confirming or affirming for me what my path has been like since 2014. And I've consulted with you a few times Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and you've just affirmed for me, which is like, and I'm, I'm giving this to people because I, I, I want to give them a little bit of an inside, you know, insight into what this looks like in practicality, which is I've been doing this to, since 2014 and you've assured me, do not push, do not push. The support will align. Just stay in integrity with who you are. Do not sell yourself out. And sure enough, here we are in 2019 and thing, it feels like the ball is rolling in such a forward, it feels like it's moving very quickly and I had to just trust and lean into my own heart and higher knowing without trying to turn it into something that my head wanted or my ego wanted. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I don't know whether how many people remember who Shirley MacLaine is that's of this newer generation, but she had a book out in 2007 called Saging While Aging. And one of the things she talked in there was about synchronicity. We ignore the synchronicity in our lives every day, every day. Synchronicity being like uh you buy a car, you have it, you look, come out one day and you go, boy, I need some new tires. You call every place, say in Houston, nobody has your tire. They can order it, but it'll be six weeks or six months. Nobody has your tire and boy, they're looking really thin. So you decide, well, I think I can make it to work another couple of times. You drive out of the driveway, get halfway to work and you have a flat tire. Then you turn around and, and somebody, you know, you somebody comes by and says, oh, wait a minute. Hey, 
I can I can help you. Let me. There's a service station right down here on the corner. It's a little hole in the wall, but he may have your your tire. And so he takes you to the service station, and sure enough, the guy's got the tire out of the whole city. That's synchronicity. But see, we don't think of it as something that is leading us, something that guides us. We block it, again, by thinking we're in control. Synchronicity is the greatest time that you will be the closest to your creator because it's a plan. You were supposed to have that flat tire. Maybe the guy that helped you was the person that's going to lead you somewhere else. Or maybe the guy that owned the station just needed a few nice words from you to keep going. We don't know why we have the synchronicity, but it's a part of your life every day. Mm. And if you tune into it, you keep moving forward because it's not going to lead you to the wrong place. Right, right. So that's one of the things that I'm always, I'm try, I try to be grateful when I do notice the synchronicity or the little, the, the moments of grace or the moments of unexpected help or unexpected support or alignment or whatever. And, and, and the more I'm grateful for it, the more I notice it, the, it feels like the more it comes through. Absolutely. That, exactly. Exactly. And I just think that if people, again, though, you know, again, Megan, the way we're talking or, or what we're speaking of is the whole purpose of everything that we do is let go of the control. I always say if something comes to you that you did not go looking for you for, it's God's way or the, the spirit's way of saying to you, come on, this is the direction you're supposed to go. And you just go through the door. It's a door opening for you. So don't question it. Don't overanalyze it. Don't overchew it. Go through the door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do want to bring in a little bit of clarity there because you and I have discussed this as well. But so sometimes... Like I've had, let's say, situations come up that do not feel like they're in alignment, that feel like they are just misaligned. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. it's a lower level relationship. It's a lower level partnership. It's someone who feels like they are trying to maybe put their own ideas onto me. It, It doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And so those are situations that, those are doors that I'm, I've gotten better at not listening to, if you will. And so this is kind of a, probably a good place to kind of talk because our, 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 our heads, our minds hate this idea that we don't have any control and, and, and it can feel <laughs> very spiritually passive, if you will, to be like, well, what am I supposed to do that if I'm not in control, what is my job? Well, and- your job is to listen to your soul. You're not in control, but you will always be told what to do and your consciousness will either override what you're being told like you know Megan let's say that some let's let me think give this an example okay Uh, okay. so let's say someone calls you tomorrow and they say you know Megan we really want you on this TV program because we want you to be able to speak about what you do and so you're real excited at first but when you hang up you start going gee why do I get this funny feeling in the pit of my stomach why am I feeling like this? It, that Then your soul steps in and it says, okay, Megan, this is not where you're supposed to go. It came to you, but it came to you because it isn't part of our plan and you are supposed to connect with your soul, not your consciousness. Right, 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 right. Instead of my head trying to talk me into yes. something or out of something. Yeah, I just recently had. I well, you. We can talk about this in the in the, from the positive. It is aligned aspect, or it the negative. It isn't aligned aspect to help it, people kind of understand this a little bit better because when it feels 
good and nourishing. So this is, this, this is important. I think for people, like if it feels like it's me, if it feels like it's authentic for my heart and my soul and what I'm up to, and it's not my head trying to talk me into it or out of it, but it just feels light. And I can all, I'm touching my kind of my, um, underneath my sternum, my stomach area, like it feels mm-hmm. like a pull and I'm, my head may not understand it, or my head may have a lot of old fears that kind of like try to talk yeah. me out of it. Um, then that's when I kind of know to go with it. And I, and you don't, doesn't necessarily mean you have to go with it forever. Right. It just means no. like, right, no. right, no. right. It's just something that you're supposed to explore for whatever reason. You do not know the reasons yet on why you're supposed to explore. It could be another lesson you need to learn, right? There could be like people you need to meet that are going to take you somewhere else, whatever. And where you're saying you feel it is exactly it. That is what I feel like we're being told. It's funny how things are coming. That's what I think we're being told is that the body is not part of the part of spirit. The body is just, uh, let's say, a cylinder, a container that the spirit can reside. It's the host. That's all it is. So when you start listening to the body, which is the brain and the thought, then you can get misguided. You know, but that feeling like you're talking about right in the middle of your sternum or right below it. And the soul is is trying to say, okay, okay, you know, open up the can because I want to give you something. I want to tell you something. Mm -hmm. And then you just open up your spirit and you go, okay. And then the consciousness kind of floats away. It's it's a weird thing because, again, the, the body and the mind is not connected to the spirit. Our spirit is like wow, they're showing me like a jellyfish. You know how it floats in the water, but it really doesn't become part of the water. Yeah, yeah. And that's what our soul does. It floats in that body, but it doesn't become part of the body. Okay, interesting. Okay. Two separate entities. Interesting. Okay, yeah, because our soul lives on beyond our physical experience here. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Okay. This is funny. They're showing me a little thing of ice cream. It's funny what they show me. They're showing me like a little pint of ice cream. uh And you know, that cardboard that's around it, it's not really part of the ice cream. All it's doing is protecting the ice cream. That's it. But you get it and you get the goodies. You eat it and the the protection is still there, but it's empty Mm -hmm. because it really wasn't conjoined. It wasn't joined. It wasn't, the ice cream was not part of the fiber in the, in the paper that made the ice cream carton. Right, right. Kind of crazy right That's picture you're giving me no i love it i think it's they're perfect they're perfect pictures i love that so they're separate and so once once you embrace the in contents of that container you no longer care about the container because you're you're embracing the contents not you're not chewing on the paper <laughs> yeah yeah but your body obviously so because because i am like with my hands right now, uh, uh, just underneath my sternum, kind of my upper stomach area, your mm-hmm. body, even though it's just the container that's, let's say, holding your spirit or your soul, you're still going to have sensations. Cause this is obviously very clearly a sensation that I will get in my body. Like, um, like, and I'll use another example to give people another, uh, concrete or something they can kind of hook into is a recently with this podcast, I reached out to someone to have her on as a possible interview. And when I Mm -hmm. first interviewed her, like a pre-interview, because I did not know her, I felt really gross and icky and not like, this is probably not 
someone that I really should have on, but my mind tried to talk me out of it. And it was like, you're so judgmental. You're so this, whatever. So I went ahead, went forward with the interview. It was a disaster and I will not give any more details, but I ended up not putting the interview up, but it created a bit of a mess in my life. Mm. But there was a sensation. The point is, is there was like this closed off feeling like this isn't right. And my head tried to talk me out of it. So there's something that's occurring for me in my body. Even if my soul's not connected, I'm still getting, I think that's where some of this, you, when you and I have talked about like coming down out of your head and into your body a little bit, because your head is where we get messed up, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm getting some messages in my body where, so talk to talk a little bit about that because I know they're separate, but there's something they're separate they're separate but they're, this is what's weird when i say this and i'm not contradicting my, they're separate but they're the same because without the container you have no ice cream right you have to have the container so but what the container does like i said it isn't really become it doesn't become immersed with the product so you know yeah i'm sure the feelings start because of course we have our mind but our mind is a consciousness and the soul is not a consciousness. The soul is a spirit. It's an energy. Okay. The mind is what has been produced. Okay, for instance, I just realized, okay, what? I'm sorry, I'm talking to myself and them too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I care great conversations on. But the consciousness uh, is like, uh, uh, oh boy, you just, it's, it's, it argues. It argues, I guess the best way to say it. Because again, the container is ice cream. It's, it's ice cream, period. It doesn't really need the consciousness, but the consciousness needs the soul because without the soul, the consciousness would be like a mess. I mean, like it would just con- completely rule your body, rule everything about you. You'd be a mess, uh, but it has to have, see, it's a contradictory thing. The, the container, I mean, the ice cream doesn't have to have the container any longer because it flows and it becomes what it's supposed to be. It's going to enter your body. It's going to be what it's going to be. But the consciousness has to have the soul. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. The consciousness, if you can think of the consciousness as a negativity, a negativity, and the soul as being a positive. Because the consciousness, like I said, this consciousness that is in our brain that we take on when we take on the costume, can it can kill, it can hate, it can lie, it can steal, it can do everything anything but the soul is perfect you it cannot enter the light of the of the energy of where we go and where we come from if it isn't perfect it's perfect love it's perfect it it is uncontaminated by the container right right but you but they have to have each other to be able to function to be able to make you distinguish what's the difference is this feeling i'm feeling my brain is it my brain and my consciousness arguing or is it really my soul trying to get out and say Hey, this is wrong. No, this isn't good. This isn't good. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. It's, it's, it's kind of, yes. And I realize that you and I are, so Sandra and I are like going above and beyond here to try to make these really heady high level topics. And it is, it is hard. Like you and I are taking on something that I think is really brave because this is, this is deep deep, deep stuff here. I'm sorry. And sometimes I get too deep. Sorry no, 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 no. So do I. That's why you and I talk for hours and hours and hours every time we talk. But I think, um, we, right. We wouldn't be able to, we're here having a human experience. I, and a part of the human experience is to have consciousness. And like you said, like, uh, if we don't, if the soul doesn't have 
the, the mind or the consciousness, then we're just soul. And if the consciousness doesn't have the soul, then we're just consciousness. So it, it's like the two have to work together here. And I do think that consciousness on some level is here for our survival, right? So we, we have to, we do need our minds on some exactly. level, right? Like it's, exactly. it's, it's how we, but the problem is when survival becomes dysfunctional or when survival becomes controlling or when survival thinks that it is all there is and it mm. is the all knowing, that's mm-hmm. when, and so the journey here, I think of being a human, ex- human having a, or, or soul having a human experience is about learning how to return to that innate, indestructible, perfect soul part of us. And it doesn't mean this isn't like, there's no fear here. You don't have to get it perfect. We're not going to be punished. It's just that we've got these guides or life or a soul, whatever will guide us. And if we're listening, the easier, more nourishing our path will be. So we can make it more difficult then we Mm -hmm. need to, or we can learn how to make it more peaceful, loving, connected, and easy. Exactly. And I'm not saying that you can just be, uh, you know, a bowl of jelly and just sit around and wait for the world to work for you. That's not how it works. We were given the body so we can function, so we can create the beauty of what we are. You know, we can become the musician and bring beauty into the world, or we can become the artist and bring beauty into the world. We have to have that because our soul is not a, a what do you call it, a materialistic thing to, or a, what do you call it, a solid thing. So we have to have that. Right. I think that where we get kind of sideways is we forget that we are not the power. We are a part of the power. The body is part of the power, but it is not the power. Right. And so that's kind of like, like I said, you can't just sit around and go, oh, well, the world's going to do this for me or do that for me. No, it's not. You have to show up. Right. Well, we you all have, have to... a unique, our souls are each unique, right? Exactly. I... Okay. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. It's your journey. It's your, it's your gift. I really believe, well, like I said, I do believe in reincarnation. I do believe we come back many times and I believe that we uh, those are for experiences, you know, it's like kind of like, you know, you and I may be sitting up there and we we get bored or whatever, you know, can you imagine having everything perfect forever and ever and ever? You would get bored, I think, even as a soul. Yeah. You know, I might say to you, hey, Megan, let's go down there and let's play some. And so you say, OK, let's go. So we go. And maybe your idea of playing is becoming a nun and learning about religion and spirit and what have you. Maybe my playing is going into the casinos and playing and losing all my money and making a mess out of my life just to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Each one of us have different scripts. Mm -hmm. We've agreed to them before we come. I think we've made contracts with other souls about how we're going to help them get through this myriad of stuff. And, but so it's a necessity. It's not like, you know, it just is. I, I don't know how to, yeah, no, it's beautiful. I love, I love that. And it's life is a journey, right? You're right. If we were just to come here, well, first of all, if we were just to stay in say whatever the, all that is form, the soul form, like you said, we wouldn't have this experience of physical form or duality. I do think that this on a high level is a playground. It is a place for us to come and have these experiences. I do. I do personally believe that you don't have to believe that if you don't want to, that's fine. No. Um, but so for me and my own 
belief system and journey, the question has become, how do I make this journey? How do I make this experience the most nourishing, beautiful, connected, loving experience as I possibly can? And that doesn't mean hoping for or trying to prevent heartbreak or, mm -hmm. you know, th like these are, th those things are going to happen as humans, but the more connected I am to my soul, the more I am in touch with a background state of trust. And it, I wouldn't say it's easier to get through some of these big life upsets or disru disruptions or heartbreaks, but you have, you've got yourself, your soul is intact. You don't, you're not reliant on the external world changing or shifting or showing up for you. You have your soul. Is it, I think that's what the whole point of the human journey. Anyway, it, I think it is. I think you're exactly right. I mean, you're saying it well, Megan, that's exactly right. And you know, and, and, and we're going to have because the body, once the soul enters the body, it has agreed, it's made kind of a contract agreement that we're going to experience whatever our physical body experiences. Like for, for instance, you know, even, uh, how can I say it? Whatever our experiences are, they're just our experiences. They're the things that we've chosen. And you know, you, people go, well, why would I choose this? Because it's something that you're going to glean something from, you know, uh, somebody, we've, they say that we've all been crippled, we've all been rich, we've all been poor, we've all been blind, we've all been everything uh, by the time our journey, our final journey ends. And uh, I don't know, I, I believe that we do experience, as you said, we come here to do that. And so it's an agreement. And my agreement will be entirely different than your agreement. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you, I think, like you said, we do have these experiences. We're going to have good times. We're going to have bad times because it's the body mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it just is, it's just what is, it's an energy. It's a physical energy, but our soul is not a physical energy. It's more of a, how can I say it? Uh, scientific energy it's an energy like your light socket you know stick your finger and you can't see it but it's going to bite you yeah it yeah. exists it just exists so i think you're right about what you're saying and what i thought was cool is that you did say trust do a back back again to what we started it is a matter of trusting that there is something whatever you call that greater than yourself an energy of some sort that we go to and we come from there is something that to trust that but also to trust the fact that what you're living every day, you have choices. And I think that's the big part of it. We have choices. So like if, if you and I don't speak to each other and we decide to get mad at each other about something, I have a choice to either try to make that better or I have a choice to sit back and just wallow in the mud and feel sorry for myself and just enjoy it. We have choices with our body. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, you said something that I wanted, and of course I didn't write down the question, but it was, um, well, crap, I just lost it. So here, so here's what we'll piggyback around to then, um, okay. is so, because I think this question would probably be popping up for people because it's popped up for me before in the past. And this is something that you and I discussed last time we talked, which I thought was a really beautiful way to frame this because I'm sure people's in the audience are going, well, what about meeting like a, a relationship partner or a soul partner or whatever? And you were talking about how, cause when you've got two people involved, so you said we all have our own script, but when sure. you've got two people involved, I'd love for you to illuminate this for people so they can kind of understand this a little bit more, which is you said to me, Megan, you know, you've got your story, they've got their story. And what happens is, is when 
so because some people get frustrated like why isn't my partner here yet why isn't my soulmate here yet why am i still whatever dealing with this situation over here yet and you said to me megan it requires that both people turn into the same chapter i think that's how you put it to me like so we're both writing our own stories our own scripts and then and so you just have you have to live your life and learn how to trust yourself and trust that life is moving exactly the way it should and when you both are ready to turn into the same chapter of the story then that's when we meet other people or whatever am i doing a good job of no you're absolutely no you're you're absolutely correct no, absolutely, because because our life is uh, it's it is if you can think of a play, it is a play. You know, we write the script, we rehearse the play, we perform the play, and at the end we get a standing ovation or we don't. So that involves all the free wills as you're doing all four steps to get to that final play, to that final applause, and so you know. And and you you do when you both get to the same chapter, and you both agree on the same script, to an extent. Now I'm not saying you're going to be exactly, but you know, in other yeah. words, they're going, oh well, yeah, you know that that'll work and this will work. Then that is when that happens. And I will tell you, we don't have just one soulmate. I always I find that kind of offensive when people say that, just because right. it doesn't exist. We're all souls. We're all connected. So you know. If we had one soulmate, what if my soulmate died when I was three? Does that mean I'm going to live my whole life alone? Mm-hmm. No. no. That didn't never, doesn't even make logical sense to me. I think that our energies become a powerful energy to where it connects with another energy that w- will either work or won't work. How many times do you feel people get divorces? It's because their energies didn't connect they didn't wait until they until it had a synchronicity between the souls we get in a hurry we go oh he's so cute he's so (laughs) he smells so good i can't wait to get married to him and then you get married to him and you go oh my gosh what was i thinking so (laughs) we don't give ourselves credit for again for that inner peace that inner thing that where somebody just makes you feel like you just walked into an old pair of slippers that just hug your feet and they're warm and they feel good and they nurture you right right we get in our own way our minds get in the way we get into fear or whatever and try to make the most out of something that's not really nourishing that's one of the things that i am trying to first of all i don't know if you believe this but i believe if you have a deep soulful desire for something in this lifetime like it's authentic to you and your soul your soul's incarnation yes that that means it's possible for for you so for instance i do desire in this lifetime to do great work with a partner at some point in time i can't you know my mind would have liked it to have happened yesterday or you know two years ago but I'm living my life and I'm living my life in such a way that I'm in love with my life like I I'm in my own private love affair I enjoy my life I have I don't need a partnership I just want a partnership at this point in time so it's so what's happening for me is I feel like I'm stepping into this place where I'm 
you know, energetically, I will be able to pick the right person that feels like the old slippers. Now, do I believe that there's only one person for me that would feel like old slippers? No, but my chances of meeting someone that fit like that are better off when I'm happy and content and, and not desperate. And when I'm listening and when I'm listening, when I'm up to what my soul wants to be up to, right? That's when I'm more likely to, come across someone who's going to be more aligned with me. Absolutely. You know, the old saying, if you don't love you, no one else can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. So Mm -hmm. see, when you're saying, you know, Megan, when you're saying, I love me, you have to love what you are because you are the one thing that you're going to have from the moment you take the first breath until you exhale the last breath. You are the one common denominator. You are the best product you will ever own or have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and this is and this is what and this actually brings it back to and I think this is what I was forgetting a few minutes ago was the whole self trust thing. I think the more we learn to listen into ourselves, the more we build back that relationship with ourselves and self trust. The more we trust in the unfolding of our life. It's like the two are inextricably linked. It's like you can't go wrong almost. No, you can't, you can't. And I mean, I just, like I said, I just love it because you know, when when you meet you, when people meet you, that's the first thing at least that I feel you uh, you exude in, in uh, when someone meets you. And when the first time I met you as a client, when the first time I met you, you're real, you're honest, you're always searching for the truth. You just don't assume that something's the truth. You're always searching, which is wonderful. And you're a light. These are the things that make Megan. And you mm-hmm. can't avoid those things. Those That's who your very essence is. So, you know, you have chosen to help. You have chosen to do what you're doing. Yeah. You chose. And because you chose the right path, and it is the right path for you, then your soul is saying, okay, guys, let's go. Let's go give her the tools she's going to need because she's going down the path the way she's supposed to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I will just say, offer it up to people, and I'm sure you can you know, share your own personal uh, experience with this, but when you sign up and say, yes, I'm ready to go on this hero's journey or go down the path of my own soul's path or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean it's always rainbows and unicorns. I mean, there's no. less, there's stuff that you've got to learn and integrate along the way. We learn by challenges mm-hmm. because, because of our human body, our mind picks the challenges. We evaluate the challenges, but I think ultimately if you, if you are uh, connected and, and, you know, people go, well, you know, what does that mean connected to your spirit? Well, I can understand that. But when you are, you will understand what it means because most of the time you connect with your spirit because you've been looking for it, you know, and it's not that it hasn't always, always been there. It has. But every human being, I think at one time in their life will start to look because nothing is complete and they feel it. They know that nothing uh-huh. is complete. And no matter what they do, it's not complete. They they have this little void in a corner that isn't being filled. And that's when they start trying to connect with their spirit. Yep, yep, yep. Or, I mean, that's like what the whole midlife crisis is when people hit in their 40s and they go, they've been living their life in tunnel vision or numbed out or disconnected and dissociated and they wake up and they've got this life that isn't theirs and they go, is this all life is meant to be or whatever, whatever your own yeah. personal 
breakdown is. But um, and then there are probably some people, Sandra, I don't know, there are probably some people that never, you know, maybe they continue to try and fill the void with stuff that doesn't work. But I think maybe eventually, like I know I've watched my, um, my elderly father, who's going to be uh, 80, 80 next year, he's finally gotten to a place where he's evaluating his life. And it's so sweet to watch, you know, and you kind of go, part of me can't help but go, oh, I wish he had done some of this searching earlier on, but that's not my, that's not my, like, it's his path, right? It's his path. Exactly. Yeah. You're right. No, not everybody gets it right away. Your father, he's trying to find now the emptiness. He's trying to fill that little corner that's still dark, that Mm -hmm. hasn't brightened up for him. And some of us find that when we're six, some of us find it when we're older. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there isn't a time set. Right. As long as long as we, but we do start being pulled in that direction. Yeah. And somebody once said, somebody said, well, you know, so-and-so, I know that he's not in heaven because, you know, the life he lived. Well, you know what? Nobody should think that because that energy of love can happen the last second of our breath. Mm -hmm. It really can because our soul doesn't give up. Right. Right. It's not going to give up. So everybody has their journey and their time when they buy that ticket. And, you know, you may do it when you're five. I may do it when I'm 40. Somebody else might do it when they're 80. It really doesn't matter when you do it because you get connected at, at the end, I'm convinced, to your soul. I just think people, I don't think there's a mishap there. I don't think you miss the train. Yeah, I really don't. yeah, I can see that. I can, I can see that. I know I can, because um, there is that whole... Um, yeah, no, I can see that. The top five regrets of the dying. I don't know if you've ever read that list before no. or whatever, but um, yeah, like when people are questioned when they know they're dying or they're on their deathbed or they're close to death for some reason, you know, the they start to realize what really matters. Like their top list of things that they wish they had paid more attention to are very much soul-based items or like, I wish I had, you know, uh, given myself more permission to be happy. I wish I had spent more time with my loved ones and my, and my, you know, important connections. I wish I had focused less on trying to, uh, make the next deal and more on enjoying the simple things. You know, I feel like those are all soul-based type things. I think you're probably right that we all get in touch with it. Um, when we're shedding our physical body. <laughs> there you go. When you're getting rid of the Halloween costume. You know, somebody once, and I, I kind of felt this because we were talking about the costume as the body. And, you know, you think about this. You know, you have six little boys on Halloween come to your door, and they all have Batman costumes. And so they're all knocking on your door. And they all look like Batman. But you take their little costumes off, and they're all individual little boys. They're not the same in any way. They may all have blonde hair, but they will have distinctive things that set them apart from the others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I think we, you know, now is now the next question probably is going to be from your listeners. Well, what about just dark souls? Is there such a thing? Of course, there's such a thing. I do think that there is negativity on the earth. And it's kind of like you don't appreciate the light if you haven't been in the dark. Yeah. You know, so I do think that exists. But I think that, again, uh, as a choice, 
you know, some people, I don't really know why that you would choose that. Right. I, I don't have a clue. But, you know, if we are reborn and we do it over and over to a certain extent, then maybe that's just what we chose to experience. I don't know. But I do agree with the fact that, yes, there are people that are not going to be light in this world no matter what anybody would do. Yeah. And maybe it's their life experience. Maybe it's what they came to experience. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's just our job to be, I think, in alignment with our own souls enough to where, or back to self-trust so we can trust ourselves to discern (laughs) and, and, and make the right, uh, shifts or pivots or moves or choices or whatever that we need to, because, um, it's the, it's, it's, it's all that like codependent stuff that keeps us intertwined Mm -hmm. in situations that really aren't for our soul's highest path because we're blind, we're, uh, tunnel visioned. And we can't really see that something or someone is um, not for our highest path or whatever. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Not yeah. for your your greater good. Yeah. Exactly. So we've we're almost hitting an hour here. It's, I'm going to leave it up to you. We can either we can either kind of sum up now, then we'll go on to how people can connect with you and uh, make appointments with you if they would like to have a uh, a session with you. Okay. Well, I would prefer to do that. But first, Megan, let me say this about you. I, you know, you're so great about including other people and what they do and what have you. But I want to say something, and that is that anyone that has not connected with you on you, you know, on your podcast or on your webpage or whatever is missing out. Because I think out of all the people that I have read for and all the clients that I've had, you are one of the most how could I say it? Spiritually connected people I know. And you just get it. And you continue to get it. And you continue to be able to share what you feel. And you continue to have an open mind. And you know, that is so rare, Megan. That is so rare. So I would just like, well, I just would like to say that because it is true. Now, I will tell you how to get connected. It would be SandraLogan.org. Or you can go to YouTube and pull up Sandra Logan Psychic. Or uh, you can pull up, uh, let's see, Sandra Logan. Oh, uh, Sandra Logan one at yahoo.com. All of those areas, you'll be able to find what you need to find. Okay. And I'll make sure I put those notes in the, I'll make sure that I have all of those links in the show notes when the podcast goes up. So people will be able to easily click on your links to your website and to your YouTube channel um, as well. And I highly recommend people seeing you, Sandra, like I haven't seen you in several years because like you and I have discussed, like I'm, I trust in my path and myself right now, but I think it's helpful for people when they're first, let's say reconnecting to themselves or healing or integrating or whatever you want to call it. I do think it was helpful for me because it gave me, it reaffirmed what I already suspected and knew. And it gave me, it gave me something, it gave me hope. Like it was like, okay, I'm not crazy. She's picking up everything that I, already suspected. And I think that's why it is important to have people outside of us that one unconditionally love us and see us, but two are like a wiser guide or whatever, whatever kind of coach or mentor or spiritual figure you need. But I just think it was very helpful for me at the beginning. Cause you met, you and I met really at the very beginning of my real sort of awakening, if you will. I hate to use that term, but, oh. but yeah, so it was, it was very helpful for me and very healing. 
Well, that's very nice. That's very nice, Megan. Well, you know, we all have such great souls on the other side that are wanting to help us. They want us to do the things that we're supposed to do, and we have a limited time to do it here. And it goes by so fast, and they just want to make sure that we cover all bases while we're here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and there are no accidents. I always say, you know, people will say, well, you know, aren't you, you know, how do you get your clients? Or aren't you worried about somebody not coming back? Or people will say, well, how often do I come to you? My pat answer is I have no clue. When you're supposed to see me, your people will send you. Otherwise, I may never see you again. I don't have that answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really quickly, I'm just going to tell a really quick anecdotal story about you before I let you go. So this is how I met Sandra Logan. So she, you literally came in to the spa where I was working to get a massage. I massaged you. You had some other people, I believe your sister with you. I massaged you. You started telling me like some pretty cool information. You were picking up on some spirits that were with me during the massage in the massage room. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And, I, and you left an impression on me. And then I fast forward about, I think, 12 months. And I was in deep, deep sort of confusion around some medical stuff, believe it or not. And I was on my way into work one morning and I was praying for guidance and you came on the radio and I go, oh, I'll go see Sandra. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. I I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And then you live in my neighborhood. (laughs) How funny. That is too funny. I know. Well, of course, I do do the radio here. The last uh, Friday of, I'm sorry, the first Friday of every month, and it's 96.5 at yep. 7 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yeah, in Houston, Texas. Yep, 96.5. Yes. And you're you're an internationally known psychic. I'll definitely make sure your uh, bio is up in the link so everyone can have access to you and get a little bit more Sandra Logan. But I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you spending um, some of your afternoon with me. And Uh I'm sure this, maybe we can discuss maybe another time it would make sense to discuss spirit and communicating with spirit. Cause I know that could, you and I can kind of go off on that as Mm -hmm. well another time. And I don't want to keep you too long here today, but um, thank you. Well, the pleasure was mine, Megan. Trust me. I was so pleased because I do I do respect you. I respect what you do. And uh, the boy, you know, I jumped on it because the pleasure was mine. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Sandra. Well, you take care. And I hope the audience got some good stuff. Oh, they did. Thank you. Uh, you too. And we'll chat soon. We'll touch base okay. soon. Okay, you love. You take care, Megan. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, you made it this far. You're officially a whole human triber. Thank you so much for listening in to today's show. I hope you found something incredibly insightful or helpful or something actionable that will help you along on your journey. After all, that is my mission to be a relatable, accessible voice. So here's what I need from you. If you can leave a review, a five-star review would be greatly helpful or whatever feels in alignment written reviews are even better. Remember to share with your friends, blast it out on social media. That's also incredibly helpful. iTunes loves that. So thank you for being here again. And don't forget to tune in and subscribe so that you can get alerts for next week's show. Love you. All love.